Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, I did mention last week that there were going to be some announcements from Navman and not to buy any of their products until you hear this episode. Now, the reason being, they must have announced what feels like a bag full, a Santa sack full of new products. One that I'm going to tell you about right now, though, is called the MyCam. Now, they used to have a product called the Drive Duo, and they probably still have it available in stores today. But effectively, it was a dash cam plus navigation unit as well. So that large display could be fantastic for navigation, whereas on the back, you still had a camera that was recording everything that was going on. The MyCam is very similar to that, but it definitely replaces it in a big way. Five-inch screen. It actually runs Android now, uh, a much slimmer and more physical, better look to the device as well. The best thing about this is the user interface from the looks of things. It looks completely transformed, completely redesigned, very nice and clean and modern. The camera on the back, full high-definition camera. They, they say it's going to be much better in low-light conditions as well. I absolutely cannot wait to test them. Now, I'll also mention that there is logbook functionality as well. So if you are someone who spends a lot of time on the road, it's going to log every single trip that you're doing anyway. So this is fascinating. I cannot wait to get these in my hands. There are so many other products to talk about as well, and we'll do that. We'll get through them as we go through every week. Uh, but if you are interested in the MyCam, it's going to start at 369. And there's also a um, off-road four-wheel drive type edition, which has all these four-wheel drive tracks built in and things like that. That's going to be 499. And there's also going to be one for trucks, which will allow you to enter in the details of your trailer and things like that, and even the height of the vehicle to make sure you don't get taken on a path that's going to land you in trouble. Really interesting stuff. So much more to talk about with Navman. But in the meantime, let's get on with the show. Tonight, we're going to be focusing on Father's Day gifts. You would have seen it, obviously, by the podcast name description, Father's Day. That's really what we're going to talk about here. Now, uh, I'm in my second year of Father's Day. My, my son's actually about to turn two this weekend, this very weekend, and um, it's an exciting time. I'll be honest. It's a very exciting time. Not, you know, For me, um, raising a kid is amazing, but actually celebrating their birthdays, it's a milestone for me too, because it's a second year of of being a father. I know we have Father's Day as a fall on that day, but to me, his birthday feels like Father's Day. And I'm sure for mothers, it would feel the same way that, you know, here's a, here's a person that you've raised. Uh, that's insane. So anyway, we're going to talk about Father's Day. And to do that, I am sipping on uh, one of my favorite brands of wine. Uh, it's St. Hugo. It's a Kunawara Cabernet Sauvignon. Have you not heard me talk about Kunawara Cabernet Sauvignon enough? Uh, St. Hugo actually sent me six bottles of their back vintage collection. Now, if you're not a wine nerd, fast forward about 30 seconds because I'm going to explain this. I have bottles from 98, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, and 2016. The bottle that I have in front of me today is a 2010. That makes it 10 years old, which is such a beautiful age for red wine. If it's a Shiraz, I love a good 10-year-old, especially when it comes to Cabernet as well. Um, and the, one of the things I'll say here is I, I once in an auction bought the 1986 version of this uh, particular wine. Uh, that's my birth year. So I've had the St. Hugo 1986. I've had a number of different years, obviously always very different. I think 86 was left uh, a little bit too long to open and it definitely lost some of its body. Uh, but 2010, what an amazing year to, to be drinking. And yeah, this is, this is not just because it's Father's Day gift guide day. 
um, but it is actually my son's second birthday coming up, and that's pretty damn exciting. Now, let's go through a gift guide. I'm going to go from about 10 bucks all the way up to a few thousand dollars. You'll find the sweet spot that suits you. Uh, if you are a person who's looking forward to their first Father's Day or second Father's Day, whatever it is, uh, you might want to share this episode with a wife, a partner, a daughter, a son, whoever, um, and help them learn or get a bit of a hint as to what they should be buying you for Father's Day. This is your chance to do that. I'm giving them enough time in time for Father's Day. So this is the time from $10 up to a few thousand dollars, whatever their budget is. We're going to find some gift guides. Let's get on with it. All right. Now, crikey Moses, this is crazy. To do a show like this is almost frustrating sometimes because I'm sitting next to tons of product um, that I'm yet to review and talk to you all about, but I'm actually going to integrate some of them into the show. Everything that you're going to hear about in this gift guide, I've tested, I've used, and I'm recommending because I like them. Um, This isn't anything sponsored. Every product that's here has not paid to be here. Um, This is a gift guide based on what I think is good. And it's usually by category. So when somebody says, hey, what X should I buy? Um, This is exactly the answers you're about to get. Now, 10 bucks isn't a lot of money to be spending on a gift. But I'm going to say that if you've got a smart speaker in the home or you know that this person has a smart speaker in the home, getting them a smart light could be the best thing that you do in terms of showing them what those smart speakers can really do. And they start from 10 bucks. The Smart Connect. Uh, brand has $10 bulbs that you can screw into a lampshade. They've got downlights. They've got a whole other um, whole range. Obviously, there's also Philips Hue. It's so simple. Um, these smart lights, starting from $10, can really help you understand how cool it is to walk around your home, talk to the lights to turn them on and off, schedule them to turn on and off, um, or if you're on your way home, turn them on before you get there, those types of things. From $10, you might start with one, you might start with a couple. Um, in my case, I love having two in the, in the bedroom, one for each bedside table. You can dim them, you can do whatever you like. So even if you just want to have some low light in the room for when you are getting ready to go to bed, it's just nice. You can still see everything. And then you just say, you know, hey, smart assistant, um, turn the bedside lamp off. Boom, done, go to bed. So simple. They can also come on if you actually want them to wake you up in the morning. Um, what I love, I think it's Philips Hue. They have a sunrise mode where you can say, say you want to wake up by 6 a.m., it will slowly light the room up leading up to 6 a.m. So we get this feeling of waking up with the sun in case you don't have you know, a window or something like that in the room. The other thing, obviously, starting from about 10 bucks is Netflix and stand vouchers. Now, it is I don't love receiving vouchers. I think vouchers are frustrating gifts to receive sometimes. However, when it comes to a subscription service, if you give somebody six months worth of Netflix, that's a gift that keeps on giving for that six months. You know, when they are stuck at home for whatever reason, or they're sick, or they're having a binge movie night, whatever it is, uh, being able to always remember that when they turn that TV on and they open up Netflix, they're opening it because of you. I think that's so cool. And I say Netflix and Stan, I think they're my two favorite streaming providers at the moment. Um, Amazon Prime has some good TV shows, but you could almost finish them all in the trial period. Um, you know, hey, sign someone up for a trial period. Uh, give them two weeks of free Amazon Prime, maybe. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, not every streaming service has a lot of content to enjoy, especially for more than a month. So, worth having a look at Netflix instead if you haven't already. Now, stepping up a little bit to that is what you can use to cast things like Netflix and Stan to your TV. One thing we have to always remember 
is, and I, and I especially need to remember, is that not everyone has a brand new TV. I'm fortunate that I do get to test a lot of televisions and things like that, but not everyone has a TV that has a Netflix app or a Stan app. Buying a Chromecast, which is less than 70 to 80 bucks, um, or an Apple TV, which can cost you over $200, those devices can make any TV smart. So if you have a TV that you like and it works and you have no reason to replace it, except for adding things like Netflix and Stan apps, then don't replace the TV, buy one of these gadgets. You'll plug it in and then anything from your phone that's supported on Chromecast or um, Apple AirPlay, not AirPlay, yeah, AirPlay, yeah, AirPlay, um, it means that you can then cast that content to the TV. And for me, um, my bedroom television, for example, isn't a smart TV. And, you know, happy to admit that, not a smart TV. I have a Chromecast plugged into it, though, and I know that if I want to watch um, Netflix in bed, which we don't do often, but you can do, can do it, same thing as Stan. I can just go there on my phone, click on the episode that I was maybe finishing or starting, sorry, in the lounge room. I want to finish it in the bedroom. Boom, one click, and it's appearing on my TV. Um, those types of devices can really help people uh, understand what streaming services can do. You don't have to watch them on your phone. Put them on the big screen. If you've got a projector, um, same, same type of scenario, plug one of those into a projector. Boom, you've now got a very smart home theater that you can be making use of. Now, if your father or your husband loses their keys or misplaces things often, and it could be anything, literally anything, even the TV remote, uh, Tile has a range of products from about 30 bucks upwards um, that can attach to keys as a, as a key ring. They can attach, and I've, I've done it, attached to a TV remote. You can get one that attaches TV remotes. You get ones that attach to skateboards, um, one that slides into your wallet, one that slides into your passport wallet, all types of shapes and sizes. Tile is starting to cover this now. And this gadget essentially has a small battery inside it, usually lasts for a year. Um, some of them last for three years and it connects to your phone. While it's connected to your phone, it's always keeping track of its location. On your phone, you can open up the Tile app, hit find my keys, whatever it is, and it will ring your keys. Your keys will start to ring. This little Tile um, key ring will start to erupt in a, quite a loud noise. I love that, and I've used it multiple times. My passport wallet is the biggest example of that. Um, when I'm about to pack to go on a trip, for example, I can never find it. But I open up my I open up the Tile app, and suddenly it starts to ring. Fantastic! I've now found it. I have one attached to my luggage. Um, the other thing as well with tiles is that if you've actually lost your keys, if you've lost them, you can't find them. You've you went for a walk, you had your keys in your pocket, you came home, they're no longer there. You mark your keys as lost or whatever the tile item is. You say it's lost. Globally, every single tile user, their smartphones become silent beacons to find your tile, which means that if, say, you lost it on a walk, someone else who has the tile app installed, when they walk past it, you will receive a notification to say that someone has located your tile. That person won't know that that's the case, but you'll now have a GPS location as to where your keys are sitting. And that means you can quickly run there and find them and pick them up. And for me, um, if you've ever had to replace a key fob before or heck, a passport, you know that the costs are more than $30. It's such an amazing and simple gift that you could be giving to people. And because the battery lasts a year, guess what you can get them next year? Pretty simple, right? The other accessory I love to talk to people about is wireless chargers. Now, um, most people, if you have a smartphone today, it probably supports wireless charging. You might have an iPhone, you might have an Android device. They they actually support the same wireless standards. 
which I love. And isn't it funny that while the cord that we shove into the back of them doesn't match, they can both actually be charged wirelessly in the same way. Isn't that a nice little thing? And I love that. So my bedside table has a wireless charger. My desk has a wireless charger. It's very rare that I plug a cable into my phone. But wireless chargers start from about 49 bucks. And anyone can go and get one. They're compatible with most phones. Do check that uh, the person you're giving it to, that they have a phone that supports wireless charging first and give them that as a gift. Because if they replace that phone tomorrow, that's okay. That phone will still support wireless charging too, and they can still continue to use it. I think I've had mine for about three years. Mine's a Belkin one. I I think Belkin and Mophie make some of the best ones that I have used. Uh, Belkin used to have a nice style to them. Mophie tends to have, you know, they're they're fine. They're a bit less obvious. Um, You know, my Belkin one is white. I like the white one. It just looks very Apple-esque, matches my AirPods, which I also charge on a wireless charger. So have a look at the Belkin range, the Mophie range as well. Find one that you think looks good or suits the area that they're going to be using it. And honestly, they will just thank you that every time they sit down and put their phone down, um, boom, it's being charged. You're not fiddling. You know, in the morning, for example, when I pick up my phone off the wireless charger, I just pick it up. I'm not trying to pull the cord out of the back. I'm not doing anything silly. Madness. Wireless chargers, get one. The other thing I'm going to mention uh, for the kitchen, and this is primarily the kitchen and probably the bedside table as well. Um, I have a smart, it's not a speak, it's a smart, what do I call these things? It's a hub. It's got a screen. It's a smart speaker with a screen. Um, The one that I have on my bedside table is an Amazon one. The one that I have in the kitchen is the Google Nest Hub Max. And if I'm honest, that's the one I really think you should be buying. I think the Nest Hub is great. It's a bit of a smaller screen. The Nest Hub Max is a larger display, obviously, with the Max sound or name. The speakers in it is pretty good. You can use it to listen to music or the radio while you're making lunch or cooking dinner, breakfast, whatever it is. The other thing that's important is that that screen adds phenomenal value beyond just, hey, what's the weather? Um, You can start to get it to show you things. So for example, it now, and I think we spoke about this on the show before, you can watch Foxtel if you've got a Foxtel subscription, Netflix, Stan, you can watch all those things on it. You can watch YouTube videos on there. You can actually cast content from your phone to there as well. So if you're following a YouTube video in the kitchen, you can be watching that. If you want to watch Sky News and get a news update while you're cooking, you can do that. I love that. I, I love using it for music. I absolutely love what a smart speaker with a screen can do. If you've got cameras around the home, you can view them on that screen as well. So when someone comes to the front door, you can pop them up on the display, interact, whatever you like. It's just such a great product. The small one is about 129 bucks. The max is about 337-ish, um, but they're amazing value. They continue to evolve. Updates continue to arrive to them, which is great. And it's a Google product, which means that any changes to the Google Assistant, you're going to get it. Um, Lenovo do make them as well. You know, I don't know how long they're going to be supported for. And honestly, I don't think they look as good as the uh, as the Nest Hub products. I think they're amazing. Now here, when we started the, the, the show with this, but we're going to add this in as well. I actually do think this is a fantastic Father's Day gift. Dash cams, navigation units. Not everyone has a brand new car that already has navigation built in. So if your dad uh, has an older car, and they might have a very cool old car, you know, they might have something from the 70s, it might have an old Porsche, I don't know. Um, A navigation unit, extremely important. That's going to get them where they need to go. Uh, The new models are starting to have a companion app on the phone, and it will actually automatically update the maps on the um, navigation unit for you. The the app upgrades, the map upgrades, sorry, are free uh, with Navman. 
Now, dash cams, on the other hand, there are other brands that make dash cams, obviously. This show is supported by, uh, by Navman. However, uh, I've tested Unidan, who make, who make some pretty good dash cams as well. It actually makes some 4K dash cams. Not that resolution means better quality uh, images, but they do make some, some nice dash cams. I would actually recommend that you also make sure that you, if you are going to get a dash cam, try and get one with a rear camera if your budget can stretch that far. About 30% of accidents happen from the rear. And if you're giving, giving somebody a dash cam and they get rear-ended, they're going to be like, gosh, wouldn't it have been nice if it had the rear camera? And you'll be the person who was like, yes, yeah, sorry, didn't allow for that. Um, it does mean that there is an increased cost. You can obviously get um, you know, a cheaper dash cam with a rear camera or a more higher-end dash cam with a rear camera. Do what works for your budget. Um, the one thing I'll say about the Navman ones, which I haven't seen on other brands, and this is being as honest and transparent as I can, um, they do red light camera warnings, speed camera warnings, as well as um, if you're not maintaining distance with the car in front of you, they'll warn you on that as well. So, you know, that they are adding more than just recording what's in front of you. They, they'll also, the, the thing about Navman, and I, and I don't want to harp on this brand, I'll move on to other products in a second, is that because they're made for Australians, they're not going to melt in the sun. And it's a serious thing to talk about because I've tested some from other brands and they genuinely, if you leave them stuck to your windscreen while it's parked in the summer, you may come back with a dash cam that doesn't work. And that's pretty, that's pretty unfortunate. So do check the material quality. Um, it all counts. Seriously, it all counts. So check out the whole range, whether it's Navman, Uniden. I think between those two brands is where I'd, I'd stop you. Um, do check them out. There are others, but let's, let's, let's get our dads a good gift. Yeah. Now, headphones. I'm going to talk about headphones. I'm going to talk about it in two ways. I'm going to start with um, the small stuff, the in-ear, the portable options. Now, if this person that you're buying for goes to the gym, lives an active lifestyle, goes running, uh, needs a pair of buds that hold in their ear and aren't going to fall out when they do star jumps, uh, for me, it's the Powerbeats Pro. Powerbeats Pro, now owned, or Beats is obviously now owned by Apple. Uh, if they've got an iPhone, fantastic. This will work so seamlessly with their iPhone in the same way that a pair of AirPods do. Um, they really do work exceptionally well. They have the hooks that go around the ears, meaning they sound and hang on perfectly. The part around the sound here, a lot of people used to think that Beats was just a big bass R&B brand. They were. They absolutely were. Since being acquired by Apple, their audio quality has, has changed in a big way. They actually now produce beautiful sound. Even if you're just sitting down, not going to the gym, they sound fantastic. If you are going to be doing more sitting down, maybe you're sitting at a desk for a lot of the day, you're going for a walk, not necessarily a run, you catch public transport and you still want a pair of small buds, let's go Android first. Uh, if they've got an Android phone, I'm testing and have been literally have not taken off the um, Samsung Gear, sorry, Samsung Buds Live. They are exceptional. Yes, they're going to be on the market just in time for Father's Day. Uh, they are so damn good. I've got the ones in bronze at the moment. They, they are so small. They look like small beans, but they sit in my ear and they actually hold on really well. The sound quality is exceptional. Uh, the, the noise cancelling is not as good as the AirPods Pro. They're not, uh, but they're very, very good. The AirPods Pro are kind of freakish. And the AirPods Pro deliver probably better noise cancelling because they actually go right into the ear canal whereas the Buds Live actually sit in the ear and they don't protrude so deeply um, down into the canal, which is probably a good thing in some ways if you think about long-term use and what it does when you keep shoving something down your ear holes. Um, 
I love them. The, the, the buds live, seriously, are exceptional. And I'm saying that when I've been sitting at my desk uh, for more than eight hours a day and I leave them in all day and I'm playing music, I'm using them to join teleconferences, I'm using them to join video conferencing, um, I'm not taking them off. I'll t- actually, sorry, I, I lie. I take them off when I go to the bathroom. I take them off when, uh, when I, I have to go and do something because I put them back in the charging case and they get a bit of a boost. Uh, they are exceptional. I mentioned the AirPods Pro. Yes, if they have an iPhone, yes, you can use the gear that the buds live with an iPhone. But the reality is you should just get them the AirPods Pro. They sound very good. They do sound very good. Um, they have small, I don't know what you call them, like teardrops hanging off the side as the arms where you can click and control, whereas the buds live, you tap on the buds themselves. Um, they're, they're obviously just in, in white. There's no beautiful colors like bronze, but a person with an iPhone, it just works. It just works to get them the AirPods Pro. They'll probably complain to you later that they're not quite as well integrated if you try and mix the brands. Um, so that's where I'm going to leave you on that. Stick with the portable options. They are absolutely amazing investments to make. It's just amazing how far they've come. And I will talk about all the new Samsung products in a later podcast where we review the Note 20 Ultra, which is in my pocket. I've got the Buds Live, obviously, and I've got the, the Gear Watch, which I've continued to keep name dropping accidentally. Um, we'll talk about more of them in detail, but if, if you're shopping for headphones, they're the three that I would really push. Active person, Powerbeats Pro, Android user, not, not as crazy active, the, the Buds Live and AirPods Pro uh, for the Apple user in the household. Let's move on. All right, now we're going to talk about smartwatches here and um, not everyone has a smartwatch and I get that. And in fact, if you listen to most of the people that I interview even on this show, so many people do not wear smartwatches. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a here and there kind of guy. I'm almost always wearing a Fitbit, um, but I am at the moment obviously testing a lot of smartwatches. Now, again, if they're an Apple user, a lot of them are going to gravitate or probably be begging for an Apple Watch. There's a lot of reasons to buy an Apple Watch in that they're probably the most advanced smartwatch in terms of what they can do from an app's point of view. They integrate with more apps than any other brand that I'm aware of. Uh, They seamlessly fit into an iPhone experience, obviously, but they don't work with Android devices. Um, I I love the Apple Watch and I respect the Apple Watch, but there are certain things on it that just tend to bug me. One of them, obviously, is charging them as often as as you go to sleep. Um, yes, they're adding sleep tracking soon, but I don't know when you'll be charging your watch if that's what it's doing. We've spoken about that. I've mentioned that I wear the Fitbit Charge 4. I love this device because it gets out of my way. It's, it's thin. It's not. I use it to tell the time, which I can do, but I don't really want to do smartwatchy stuff on my wrist all the time. So the Charge 4 is great for just logging my exercises at the gym. I get some notifications on there, but then I action on those notifications from my phone. I pull it out and I work on it from there. That's fine for a wrist-based um, fitness tracker. So if you know, you know somebody who doesn't want to fiddle with too many things, you know what their level of um, you know, gadgetry is, a Fitbit is enough for a lot of people, and it saves you a ton of cash along the way as well. These are about 230 bucks for the Fitbit Charge 4. Then if you're, and we spoke about the, we spoke about the Powerbeats Pro for the, the active dad, if your dad or, or your husband or the father you're buying for loves to track their exercises, but they're exercising usually in a serious way. They're not just going to the gym to use the treadmill. They're jumping on a bike. They're riding you know, 100 kilometers on a weekend. They're going hiking, things like that. 
the active, active, seriously active dad, um, the Sunto. Sunto make um, smartwatches, which honestly are so advanced that it's, it takes serious time for people like myself to review these products. Um, the amount of different exercises that it, it can track is outstanding. If you're somebody who likes to go cycling, um, you can see hotspots in your area where people are cycling and you can almost determine a track or a route that you would take based on what, what activity is happening in the area. That might mean that if they're an avid cyclist or they're an avid runner, they'll start to discover new, new runs that they can take. I keep saying routes, but someone's going to pull me up and say it's actually routes, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the Sunto does an amazing job of that. It's also an Android-based smartwatch, which means that they'll still get all their notifications from an Android device. They'll still have the Google Assistant built in. They can do all those things. Um, but when it comes to fitness, Sunto adds this layer on top, which takes it to a whole other level. I know a lot of people who go and spend a lot of money on, on those big Garmin watches and things like that that can cost you know, a lot of money. This isn't a cheap smartwatch. It's still around the $700 mark. So it's an expensive smartwatch. But when you think about what you could be spending on those higher-end fitness watches, this gives you the best of both worlds, a really good fitness tracker, as well as obviously the Android Wear smartwatch. And um, the one that I have in front of me, it's, a, it's got like a bronzish rose gold finish but I've also got some gray in there. It looks elegant. I've worn it on in, during TV spots before. I'm more than happy to be seen wearing this thing. Um, I have used it in the gym. Yeah, it tracks my workouts probably to a higher accuracy than others. It talks about recovery and things like that, which a lot of smartwatches don't. It really is that holistic fitness watch. So again, it's not cheap and I understand that. But if you are somebody who, uh, who needs something like this or you know somebody who needs something like this, yeah, check out Sunto. They're seriously worth it. All right. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is air purifiers. Now, I'm still coming to terms with what the heck these things do, whether they're worth their money. However, I want to talk about it here because you may already understand that somebody needs one and you may have, they may have allergies, they may suffer from asthma and a clean air environment may make a big deal to their lives. I'm testing one from Samsung at the moment. It's like $799. I'm starting to talk to experts like allergy experts about why people have air purifiers. This one, the reason I'm mentioning it, it's, it's great in terms of um, it's a big white thing that sits in the corner. But what, what I love about it is that it connects to my Wi-Fi. I can control it from my phone. I can get a readout from my phone about the air quality in the room that I'm in. And if I spray some hairspray or some fly spray near it, I can see it skyrocket and try and re- reduce um, that, you know, that damage to the air, whatever you want to call it. If you're someone who does suffer from allergies, every, everything that I'm hearing from experts is that these air purifiers are serious business. Now, the one that I'm testing, yes, it's expensive. They have other models and you'll find plenty of air purifiers that start from about $300 upwards. Focus on the filters that it does come with. Um, you do want to make sure that it can filter all the way down to the finest degree. Um, you'll find that some of them really only can filter dust particles and they can't really see the more invisible stuff as in invisible to our eyes. And also think about connectivity. I love the fact that mine connects to my smartphone because I can be sitting at my desk and if the room starts to feel a bit stuffy or whatever the heck's going on, I can turn this thing on. It does connect with smart things. It works with Bixby as well if you actually use that thing. Um, air purifying is interesting. Dyson makes them and I'm talking to them about this as well because, um, and I'll talk about this in a later show, but I'm going to do something with the Australian really digging into air purifiers, you know, myth or magic type stuff. 
um, where we'll bring in experts. I may actually do a dedicated episode on air purifying as well. But if you are in the market for an air purifier, I can tell you the one that's sitting behind me at the moment, um, it almost casts a breeze. It actually, it actually covers um, 60 square meters. So this model that I'm testing, it's for a 60 square meter home and it's sitting in my bedroom, basically, my, my home office. Uh, so it's, it's filtering this air. It's pulling it straight out of my nose, basically. Uh, it's, it's an impressive unit. I, I like them. I'm just trying to make sure that it's not just me who thinks that the air is cleaner and the room smells fresh when I walk into it. I actually want to get some scientific evidence behind it because I'd hate to mislead you or, or try and sell you some snake oil. So uh, air purifiers, yes, Samsung has a whole new range. They have some of them that look like small cubes and they're actually modular. So you can buy more than one if you need them, but they look really cool. Uh, the one that I've got is just a big sort of white, small fridge looking device. Um, again, you can turn all the lights off. You can make it very silent. I like that. Air purifying, it's, it's fascinating to me. And I'm going to talk about that more in another episode. Now, I wanted to mention a smartphone, and it's a weird thing to do because, um, I don't know, it's a weird thing to do because buying a smartphone for someone is a big deal. And I say it's a big deal because I think smartphones are quite personal. I hope you really know this person you're buying it for, or maybe you'll be asking for this particular smartphone if you are the, uh, the, the person giving the, the, the nudges here. Now, the Pixel 4a has made that list. It's the one phone that I'm picking as a fantastic gift for Father's Day. The reason being, it's less than $600. So it's certainly going to save the gift buyer uh, some money. It's not going to be a $1,000 phone. It's extremely capable in that the cameras on board are fantastic. The screen is large enough and beautiful enough. And it's a Google phone, meaning it's going to receive all the updates first. And you know, the more and more that I start to I mean, at the moment, I'm using the, the Note 20 Ultra. And the more that I'm using it, the more I'm really enjoying Android again. Um, they are really getting glossy. They are really getting silky smooth in the way that they're, they're operating. The newer devices are not as clunky as they used to. Not, they don't intrude as much as they used to. The Pixel 4a is a fantastic example of an Android device. And if you are someone who needs a new smartphone, that's probably the one to get. And the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate, and I think I've said this on a previous podcast before, if you're buying a phone for your, for your dad, um, give them a good one. And the reason I, I, I go as high as the Pixel 4a is because the camera inside it is the camera that they're going to use to take photos of your kids. So when you go and visit granddad and you know, maybe they're looking after the kids for the day, um, the phone that they're using is the one that they're going to take photos with. And you'll receive those photos. And wouldn't you prefer that they look good? Wouldn't you prefer that those photos actually come out nice? Well, Pixel 4a will do that. I just think it's one of the smart things to do. It means you can also video call them. You're never going to have those sort of problems. It means that you can send them a picture, you can send them a video, and they'll be able to watch it. Having them with a capable device means there's less excuses as to why you can't communicate properly on those products. Now, moving on to larger headphones, because I spoke about smaller ones already. Now, we used to fly once upon a time, and that was a lot of fun. And whenever I flew, I used to always reach out to a particular brand um, or any particular brand and say, hey, what's the latest over-ear headphones you've got? It's the perfect time to test them. Over-ear headphones. I've got a wardrobe full of them. And the, my two favorites, uh, one is a newcomer and the other one I've been using for a little while now. They're about the same price, looking at about 550 bucks. Okay. So we're not talking about cheap money here. This is something you chip in on. This is something that um, you beg, borrow, steal to make it happen. First of all, I'll start with the one that I've used multiple times on multiple flights, the Bose 700s. Uh, mine are in silver. They come in black. I believe there's also some limited edition colors as well. 
I think they sound fantastic. They have touch-sensitive controls um, to control the volume or to change songs, but the reality is they're extremely comfortable to wear on an 18-hour flight. They sound good. The battery life is also exceptional. That is really where it ends with the Bose 700s. The Sony, here comes the longest product name on the the planet, the Sony WH-1000XM4, which is the new Sony over-ear headphones that I mentioned last week, they're great. Um, They are so good. They are so good. And I'm mentioning them both because I think it's going to come down on personal preference, looks, whether you know that they already like one one brand or the other. It's very hard to separate them. The WH-1000XM4s sound fantastic. They have a 30-hour battery life. They have a a customizable button, which you can use for um, Amazon Alexa or the Google Assistant. They are smart in the way that you can cover one right ear cup with your hand and it opens up the noise cancellation. They're smart in the way that the app on your phone will control these headphones in different ways. And what I mean by that is that when I'm sitting down at my desk, noise cancellation is up high. When I get up from my desk and I start walking to the kitchen, noise cancellation opens up a little bit. When I go outside, it changes again. When I get on the train, it changes again so I can still hear announcements, but not the murmuring that goes on around me. If I was sitting at the airport, I would hear my flight announcement, but I wouldn't hear you know, the, the kids talking behind me and things like that. They also do um, your speech detection. And this is really interesting because uh, basically, if you're walking around and you go to a cafeteria and you're so engrossed in your listening experience that you can't bother to take them off your head, then once you start talking, the music will pause and the noise cancelling will open up automatically. Now, the person on the other end who you're talking to might think you're extremely rude by not taking off your headphones, and that's one thing. But I love the fact that it does that feature. And I'm thinking more that if I'm on a flight and that attendant rushes up to you or sneaks up behind you, you never know that they're coming, um, the minute you start talking, bam, it will actually allow you to hear their response. I like that. But honestly, guys, take your headphones off. I mean, seriously. The other thing that I noticed as well, if you are singing, if you're a singer, if you even mutter a couple of words under your breath um, while you're listening to them, it does the same thing. So it pauses. So if you are someone who likes to do a bit of in-home karaoke or whatever it is, um, turn that feature off. Be a simple thing to do. The other thing, actually, before I move on to um, the next set of products here, those Bose 700s, the other thing that makes them extremely good is when you're on calls. And they do noise cancelling, obviously, for what you can hear but they actually do noise cancelling for what the person on the other end can hear. And what I mean by that is they are so well-tuned into picking up your voice and blocking out the active noise that's around you. And I've spoken about this a long time ago, but when I first was introduced to this product, it was through a video call with somebody standing at Wynyard train station. This is when people used to catch trains and they were busy places to be. He was standing on the platform at Wynyard station. I could hear him perfectly. I couldn't hear the train that was whizzing by him. That is a great sign of an amazing pair of headphones and a proof that the microphones built into them are not just for noise cancelling, they're actually to help the people you're talking to. So if they are someone who's sitting at home right now, they are attending a lot of virtual meetings, those Bose 700s could be the best gift you give them for work and for play. All right, stepping it up a little bit here, we're going to go soundbars. Now, soundbars can be cheap and they can be expensive, okay? First and foremost, I will tell you that at $500, that price point, you can get a pretty good soundbar for a reasonable sized room, you know, like a four meter by four meter type room. Um, about five, 600 bucks, you'll get a really nice soundbar from Samsung or Sony, even LG. 
Um, and I've noticed actually Bose has their TV, I think it's called the TV speaker or something like that, well below $500 now as well. So if you're in the market for a soundbar and you've got that kind of budget, you will literally change the viewing experience forever. Having a beautiful sized TV is one thing. Having a TV that sounds good changes your viewing. I cannot stress it enough. They make a huge difference. Soundbars nowadays usually have a voice assistant built in as well. So it's your smart speaker for that room that you walk in, meaning you can control the volume and you can do so much more there. I think if you've got that $600 to spend or less, that will be a great place to start. Now, if you've got more than that, or you can double it, uh, we've spoken about the Sonos Arc on this show before. Sonos Arc 1399 is not a cheap soundbar, but it is the soundbar. It's the boss man. I'm telling you, it's the boss man of soundbars. It doesn't have a subwoofer attached to it, yet it sounds fantastic on its own. This is obviously going to be something that you build upon. If you were to give somebody the Sonos Arc at Christmas time, you're going to give them another Sonos speaker for another room, for the kitchen, for the bedroom, for whatever. Building out the Sonos ecosystem is what makes Sonos so great. When you start to say, oh, cool, I've got people coming over. Let me just get music going in the kitchen, the living room, whatever, the dining room, boom, music starts to spread throughout the house. I love it. I'm a massive Sonos fanboy, not because, I don't know, I get to review these products, but because they sound so damn good. They're reliable as hell, um, and they stick by their products for a decade before they really supersede them. And it's, it's proof in the pudding that this year, um, the Sonos Arc replaced the play bar after seven or eight years. That's pretty damn special, I think. So it is an investment. They will thank you for it because they'll be hearing this thing day in and day out. Yes, we are talking about mega bucks here if you, uh, if you can afford it. I mean, look, the, the, these products that I'm talking about in this part of the segment are expensive. They are the chip-in things that hopefully um, you've got some brothers or sisters that you can all get together on. And if you really want to get something significant for them, this is a great gift. The other thing I've been flying is a Mavic Air 2. It's from DJI. Um, drones are a ton of fun. They're not hard to fly. Um, they look intimidating. They look damn intimidating. You know, you've got this, this little drone that has four propellers on it, these arms that fold out, this little case you've got to take off the camera. It's intimidating as heck. And it's a $1,500 thing. So the last thing you want to do is break it. The control plugs into your smartphone, and then it's just like driving a remote control car when you were a kid. Um, Up, down, it controls your height of the drone, and the left and the right controls the horizontal axis in the turning. They are so much fun, and honestly, the reason I love drones is because they take you somewhere that you can't go. And it's the simple fact that it could just be above the ocean. It could be flying around some mountains. You can't get there, but the drone can. And it can see and it can do so much and really make a holiday or a trip come to life. If they are going somewhere, take a drone with you. Honestly, there's, there's not many holidays that I can think of where a drone couldn't add an excellent memory. I really love drones. I love how simple they are. Um, I took one to my parents' place recently, flew it up to the sky and took a photo of the property. Took a, just took a beautiful photo of the entire property. And everyone looks at it and goes, wow, that's what it looks like from up there, huh? Like it just, it changes your, it, it, you don't know what it looks like. You don't know. And when you take a drone up there, you really see what that is and you see what the whole neighborhood has evolved. And I love that. The other thing as well is when you do that, 
four years later, if you do it again, things have changed. You know, everything's changed. So I, I just love drones. I, I really do think it's an amazing, that, that I don't want to call them a toy anymore. I mean, they, you can get cheap ones, which are toys, but at this end, they're not toys. They're just bloody awesome for, for document, uh, documenting what's happening, what's happening around you. I mean, anyway. That's the Mavic Air 2. I'm a big fan of it. I probably will try and talk about that in more detail because, again, I haven't reviewed that one on the show either, but here I am telling you to buy it if you need a drone. The last one, last one, guys, is a TV, and it sounds ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get my dad a TV. But seriously, we are all spending more time inside. We are all spending more time at home at the moment. And if the box that you are sitting in front of of an evening or during the day, whatever it is that you catch some, some TV, if it sucks, if it doesn't look good, um, if it doesn't have the features that you want it to anymore, then you're missing out. Um, I do think that 65 inch is the standard size to be buying if you were buying a new TV today. Um, Obviously, a 4K television should be the standard as well. I don't think people should rush out to buy 8K TVs yet. Uh, There's just not enough content for it. But 65 inch, I think, is the right size. Uh, I know people who've bought 75 inch TVs recently. Trust me, you get used to the size of the TV. It doesn't matter what size it is. It will look big at the start. But trust me, if you then look at a 55-inch TV, it'll look small and you'll get so used to the size of 65. Now, budget can obviously swing a lot here. Size is one thing, um, but picking a brand and then picking the technology of the TV can change dramatically. Um, I recently bought a Hisense TV um, for, for my parents and I bought it for them because their last TV sucked. It was, it was 10 years old or more, actually probably a lot more. It was a plasma TV. God, it was good. I used to love plasmas. but uh, it died, and to get a new one, we went with Hisense. The reason being, um, excellent value for money. The size of the TV was 65-inch. Uh, it was 4K. Incredible value for money, slightly less than two grand, which makes it much, uh, you know, it's cheaper. It's about as the same price of a Mavic, Mavic Air 2, right? If you want to buy a drone or a television, that's kind of crazy to even consider. Um, but it has everything on it. It has all the apps on it. has Wi-Fi. Um, even has Bluetooth if they want to connect Bluetooth headphones to it to listen to TV loud, but obviously without waking up everybody else in the house. Um, And yes, the picture quality can be found better in other televisions. LG make an OLED TV, and I still hold the opinion that an LG OLED TV is the best TV you can buy, period. There is not a better TV on the planet than LG OLED um, in whatever size you decide to pick. I think LG OLED looks the best, 110%. But when you look at value for money, it's pretty hard to ignore a brand like Hisense, who have a very good reputation now, a strong, strong warranty, a really good Australian presence, um, and, and in my opinion, just works straight out of the box. And as far as I know, they're very happy with it. If you do have the money, if you do have the money, um, I would step up in, in a couple of ways. You could step up to a Samsung, and I don't just mean a Samsung, I mean a Q-series Samsung TV. Um, yes, it is a large step up. You'll find cheaper Samsungs, but at that point, at a cheap Samsung price point, get a Hisense. At a high-end Samsung price point, the Q-series is phenomenal. Um, they have got some great features now. Um, I, and I, I like their picture quality. I actually have a Samsung in the room that I'm sitting in. I like their TVs. I have one. I have two. I have two TVs from Samsung. Um, but if you can really afford it, as I mentioned before, the LG OLED, I obviously can't, but I think that they are stunning televisions. They come incredibly thin. Wall mounting them would make it look like it's been stuck to the wall. And the picture is just something else. It's just something else. The blacks are so black. The colors are so vibrant. There is no color leakage. There's nothing. If you're really crazy about your um, visuals, then obviously an OLED TV is the one to get. 
seriously think about that. I know it sounds crazy to finish this on televisions, but if you can chip in and you can, you know, make them make it work. If upgrading their TV is something you can do, it's a great idea because they will notice it every single day of the week. It's a great thing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, wow, that has been a gift guide. Um, I won't count the amount of products that we mentioned today, but if you do have any questions, if you do need any sort of personal advice around this, around anything that I have mentioned or even something I haven't mentioned, uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at uh, G Quattromani. Hit me up on Facebook. It's my name, Jeff Quattromani. Jeff with a G. I won't even bother with the last name. You'll figure it out. Um, and just get in touch. Just get in touch and hopefully I can help you before Father's Day rolls around. Um, if not, if you're listening to this around December, this will probably still apply for Christmas gifts as well, but we might do something different at Christmas time. Uh, and obviously, I think the most important thing is uh, have a good Father's Day. Have a safe Father's Day. Enjoy it. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to to celebrating Father's Day again and um, you know, look after each other. Thanks for listening to the show. Again, if you have not left a review, feel free to leave a review. Um, you can do it on Apple Podcasts and other things like that. But get in touch. Look forward to your feedback. And I appreciate everybody who listens. Thank you so much for listening. We'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye.